This week on Deadball Brothers, we've got Africa Cup of Nations drama, some simulated fouls, some missed penalties, and an own goal all leading to a final. We've got transfers, including Antoine Griezmann and Drew's favorite team, Manchester United's pursuit of one wizard, Harry Maguire. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> and then we talk about... I don't know what we're talking about last. Drew, say something that we're talking about in one word. Player manager. All right. <laughs> Buckle up. This is Deadball Brothers. <laughs> Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a soccer podcast about history with a healthy dose of stupidity. Stupidity? Stupidity. 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 You got it. That's why... Stupid. That's why that's the intro to the podcast. (laughs) Uh, My name, as always, is Adam Whitaker-Snavely, everybody's least favorite writer for The Athletic. With me, as always, is my real-life brother. Greatest... um, I'm not even the greatest of... Or the worst of anything. Just like a mediocre Manchester United fan. Just a medium Manchester United fan. A very middle of the road. Big time idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's it. That's what I'm going with this A time. medium of the road Manchester United big time idiot. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love Manchester United. But as far as accomplishments of other Manchester United fans... Pretty pretty low. You're pretty down the list. But I haven't like murdered anybody. Yeah, you're not problematic in any way. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just kind of in between. His name is Drew Snavely. I'm Drew. Yeah, sorry. If we want to use full titles like we do for me, it's Andrew Jeremiah Snavely. Now you know about it. Yeah, it does sound way cooler than Drew Snavely. Our parents blessed us with cool names. Thanks, thanks, mom and dad. Thanks, mom and dad. (laughs) Shouts out. This week, uh. Now that the World Cup and Gold Cup are kind of winding down, we only have, and Copa America, they're all done. Yeah, there's a lot of soccer. A lot of soccer just was completed. We still have a little bit of the African Cup of Nations still to go. Yeah. Uh, Just the third place game in the final. Um, So we're doing that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of like transfer, transfer rumors and transfer season until we get into the club season again. About a month. That's wild. Yeah. That the club season starts again in about a month. It can't come soon enough. (laughs) Because I was on such a high from the World Cup, the Gold Cup. You had Copa America going on. Can't. Can't top that, really. And then it all ends literally the same day. Yes. Which Which was poor scheduling. It was his own can of worms. Whatever. You know, we had a lot of soccer. It was an amazing time. And now we have nothing. So I'm watching the Tour de France. Which, big Tour de France fans. Yes, Tour de France is the truth. The Snavely family friggin' loves the Tour de France. The, um, what was, what was the guy's name? Uh, not today's stage, but yesterday's stage. Thomas de, de Banked or something like that. His ride was uh, wild. He yeah. attacked, like, every single hill, was a part of the breakaway from the get-go, and still managed to win. I missed yesterday's stage. Dude, I watched today's stage, watch which was pretty highlights. wild. Today's stage was pretty wild, watch too. Watch those highlights, because it's a superhuman ride. Well, maybe I will. Anyway, this isn't a cycling podcast. This is a soccer podcast. Yeah. So let's get into it. Sorry African, about that. I'm not. <laughs> African Cup of Nations. Uh, we have Senegal and Algeria in the final, which is 
I guess I guess it's not an unconventional final. The African Cup of Nations is always kind of wild. Like I feel like you never know who's actually going to be in the final. Yeah, it's it's weird. You have like your historically great teams from from Africa, like Nigeria and Ivory Coast, mm-hmm. but I, I'm pretty sure it's Nigeria who has a pretty bad track record at Afcon. Yeah, Ivory they don't Coast, perform well. Ivory Coast has a good track record at Afcon. Uh, yeah. Um, I could be completely wrong, actually. <laughs> I think it's maybe something I just heard along the way. Like, you know, Nigeria is good, but they suck at AFCON. I mean, it's AFCON is difficult just because yeah. Africa is so huge. Yeah. Like, it, somebody can fact check us and and get back to us for something. Yeah, yell at us in the in the comment section or on Twitter. Or You're something an idiot. Like that. You don't know anything. You don't know, which is true. Yeah, uh, it's literally in our logo. So, yeah. Uh, but Nigeria falling to Algeria, Riyad Mahrez coming in with the crispy last second goal. Yes. Unfortunate for Nigeria. Very fortunate for Algeria. Yeah. Almost as crispy as his hair. Dude is clean. It is always <clears throat> looking so fresh. Man, a move. I don't remember what his hair looked like when he played in France, but a move to England. Uh, definitely up the up the barber game. I Absolutely, think. I believe in that. Raheem Sterling showed him the best barber in town. It's not even like Raheem Sterling gets outrageous haircuts. He just seems like the type he, just of guy. Get, he just gets clean. He he has He's a good barber. All those guys they have the, the they have the best barber. They got in a town. good good barber. Yeah. Um. Although I have to say Algeria's most famous moment in this tournament, like already, was occurred against their victory against Ivory Coast when uh, defender Rami Bensabaini um, attempted to win a foul by taking Wilfred Zaha's hand and hitting himself in the face with it and falling down. It's a pretty bold strategy. I, I'm into it. Does, does AFCON have VAR? You know what? I have absolutely no idea. Because it's like, if you don't have VAR, I could see like the linesman from the corner of his eye being like, yo, this dude just got hit in the face by Wolf Saha. Like, uh-oh. But um, it didn't really look like Wolf was trying to hit him at all. The dude no. literally grabbed his arm. Oh, it was bad. And like took it to his face and then fell to the ground. Yeah. It was comical. It reminded me of... Um... There was this is this is a long time ago now, um, but a a certain uh, a certain soccer player with an open sexual assault case in the United States. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, you know who I'm referring to. Yes. Uh, he at one point back in the day when he was like super known for diving, mm-hmm. I just remember a game where. You saw him pull his own shirt with like his like the hand that was not close to the referee <laughs> when when somebody was close to him. You saw him pull his own shirt and then dive. Yeah, and he got he got the call. And I'm pretty sure the defender got a got a yellow card for it. Stupid. Uh, a little bending of the rules. Never. Well, I guess it did hurt some people. Um, Algeria I mean, still won. He didn't get the call. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely a poor taste. Uh, it goes against the um, 
the integrity of the game. The spirit of the game. The, the spirit of the game. <laughs> but Algeria advances. Should be a good match. Against Senegal. Senegal, who also has a very good team. Senegal does have a good team. Senegal might have the best center back pairing in in the African Cup of Nations. Koulibaly. And Coyote. Coyote. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. I mean, yeah. That those are two very established dominant center backs. And when you have Idrissa um uh Gaye from Everton. He's an Everton central midfielder. Um he starts for them. Right. Box to box midfielder. Mm-hmm. Can can control the games. Um he was I think PSG was trying to get is trying to get him this this summer and oh, who, is, who is PSG not trying to get? Well, that's true. <laughs> but he was trying to force a move out, but Everton's like, nah, you're not going anywhere. PSG was trying to get Lucho Acosta from DC United. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was a rumor from PSG. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's a lot of rumors surrounding PSG. When you have Sadio Mane in your attack, I mean, things are, things are good, you know? And even though this, even though the game, uh, the game against Tunisia was like, very much not a deep, uh, like offensive powerhouse by either side. Both teams had penalties in the second half that they both missed. Yeah. <laughs> and then Senegal scored because on a free kick, Tunisia's keeper comes out to like do the double Superman punch. Um, and he, he really is like, he's, he was really going for it. Like, yeah. like he was, it wasn't like comfortably in his range. It you was have to like, be committed if you're going for oh, it. Oh, he, he was keeper. all out, like flying through the air and the punch, um, sent the ball directly into the face of one of his defenders Yeah, and into his own net. <laughs> yeah. You hate to see that really. You hate to see it. The only worse outcome would be. I don't even think there is a worse outcome. Never no, mind. that is that is literally the worst that, thing that, that could happen. That's the worst thing that could happen. It, there wasn't even like, it wasn't even off an attacking player, which you see from time to time. Right. Balls accidentally going off people's faces and <laughs> into the goal. I'm talking about you, Jossie. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Jossie's artist. Yeah, balls going off of people's faces into the goal. <laughs> We had hey, this moment when sometimes I, it happens. Me, we had this moment for me in the first one, uh, in the first episode, and now we have this moment for you, dude. That's that's like all, all sports, all sports and like commentary analysis is always like on the cusp of being sexual at yeah. all times. If I have to hear another basketball announcer use the word penetration one more time. <laughs> Basketball announcers it. love penetration. <laughs> they absolutely love it. And honestly, there are some, there are some uh, American soccer announcers that will talk about penetrating balls or something, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah. And it's like, man, Sigmund Freud would be eating this stuff up, man. <laughs> Still not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. It yeah. just isn't, like, ever. There's always another word that you There's, can use. There is 100% of the time a way better word to use than penetrate. Yeah. Every single time. I say this confidently as a master of the English language, um, which is what my degree tells me that I am. Uh, you can use a better word. You can find a better word there. Just pause. 
take a couple seconds to think of another word. Let the game breathe. <laughs> Let the game breathe while you're thinking up of a new vocabulary word. Yeah, yeah. Get out the, th- the thesaurus. Bust out some synonyms. Yeah, honestly, just Google it. Don't say penetrate. Don't say probing. Really, uh, just stay away from the p words when you're when you're getting into your verbs. Yeah, that's probably that's probably for the best. A good rule of thumb. Yeah. Let's move on from AFCON. Well, we talked about, we, we've already dabbled a little bit into transfer rumors. Uh, yeah. But, um, Drew, as a Manchester United fan. Oh, man. Harry Maguire. Yes. Harry Maguire. For, for a boatload of cash. For a lot, a lot of money. We've seen everything from $65 million to over $100 million. <laughs> pounds. So yeah. that's, that's a, a big chunk of change considering... Liverpool got Virgil van Dijk last summer for 80 mil. Yeah. It wasn't last summer. It was last, was it January? Or maybe it was last. Yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't January. He it was wasn't playing, January. He was playing the whole year. Okay. Well, anyways, whenever they got him, it was for 80 mil. Um, and honestly, that's a massive bargain. I was reading somebody today, and they were saying how... Harry Maguire is better than both center. I mean, all the center backs that Manchester United currently has. That's fair. And we don't necessarily know what eighty million pound central defender looks like because the only comparison is Virgil Van Dijk, who's probably worth well into triple digits. I mean, I mean, maybe. I mean, it, it, the, the market the market determines the market determines the price, but like. I don't know, like eighty million for like the best defender around seems. I I guess you could say that Virgil Van Dyke changed games for Liverpool, but also they didn't win the Premier League. So oh my goodness, they won <laughs> they won the Champions League though. Rangs baby, <laughs> they won the Champions League, I know you're right. <laughs> and they finished sec- okay. second to a great Manchester City team. Yes. Who, destroyed everybody yes, last year. Correct. I just think I don't know. I don't know how many players and how many center backs are going to be worth eighty to ninety mil. And I certainly don't think that Harry Maguire is one of them. You know, Manchester United has a boatload of cash. It's not my money. So <laughs> I'm glad they're getting better players. I'm happy about it. That's fair. Phil it, Jones it's, and it's Chris not, Phil Jones, Chris Smalling not cutting it. They're not doing it for me. I just found out today that Phil Jones is is younger than I am. Um, sad. That is sad. Phil Jones looks like he is thirty five years old. He's five kids in. He's on his second wife already. Uh, when he goes to defend the ball, I see a distinct sadness that comes from age and the existential crisis of man. Um, particularly when he's crawling along along the ground and trying to still head the ball when he's on his hands and knees. Um, hey, he gets the job done. <laughs> Does he? Does sometimes, he sometimes. Sometimes. I, I like Phil Jones. I have a soft spot for him, but we just need better defenders. And Chris know. Smalling is older than him, which yes. his hair doesn't suggest to me. Shouts out to Chris Smalling's hair. His hair is nice. Probably the best part of his game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely the best part. And just playing really scrappy defense. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Scrappy defense that doesn't always work. Yeah. But that's about that's enough about United. Uh, it's not like we're going to uh, win the league this year or anything. Probably, f- may ho- hopefully, finish top four with an addition of a 
I mean, Harry Maguire, some some could say that he is world-class. It's not confirmed yet, so this is all speculation up to this point. So I think I'm just going to stop talking and not get my hopes up about anything, you know? You, you got Aaron Wambasaka. So. We got Wambasaka, and he is a stud. I'm I'm very excited about him. We got him for 50 million pounds, yeah. they say. Mm-hmm. or I don't know if it's pounds or euros. Uh, but he is a great defender. He, I think, had the second most tackles in the Premier League last season, mm-hmm. which is crazy because everybody else that was on the list were all central midfielders. Yeah, that is, that and, is pretty nuts. And he got all of those tackles from playing right back. Yeah. It called him the spider <laughs> because of how long his legs seem to be when he goes in for tackles. Right. So... Excited about that. It finally is we finally have a right back who plays right back mm-hmm. and is like a true right back. Yeah. For the last uh eight years, I think it's just been <laughs> Valencia and Ashley Young and I mean Antonio Valencia had his day. Antonio Valencia was good in his I mean time. he just worked hard. Ashley Young and Antonio Valencia they just worked hard and yeah. they were fast. And Every once in a while, they'd have good tackles, but most of the time, they're mediocre defenders who could get forward well. And, right. And f- theoretically, in a in a f- system that Manchester United wasn't defending a lot, it's not a big deal. But Manchester United hasn't been Manchester United. Yeah, Manchester United has been defending a lot for a long time now. Yeah, <laughs> which is sad. Sorry about that. The big the big transfer news and rumor and and war and rumors of wars of the day obviously Antoine Griezmann yes I'm pretty sure it's confirmed I'm pretty sure it's confirmed too but Atleti is like really trying to make it seem like it's not confirmed because so Griezmann had a 200 million buyout clause in his contract that like this month dropped to 120 mil Mm. Barca met that but then Atleti was like, we don't think that they met it Like after the thing actually dropped. We think they should need to pay us $200 million. <laughs> $200 million. <laughs> <laughs> What's wild to me about this is that it still doesn't like... Like, cool, you got Antoine Griezmann, who's a good player. But like, it doesn't address anything that Barcelona really needs. Like, yeah, no, absolutely not. Barcelona has signed... Barcelona has made one good signing. That's Frankie de Jong. Frankie de Jong is the truth. But, like, your defensive line is old. Oh, so old. old. Is old as dirt. Old and aging. Uh, your defensive midfield is also not very far away. Like, Yeah, Rakitic is... Uh, are you, you're talking about Rakitic? I mean, even but or- even with, like... In terms like Arturo Vidal and Sergio Busquets, like these people, uh, aren't, yeah, Sergio Busquets, he, I think he's like thirty. These people are not. Rack pitch is, is right around there too. Yeah, got a lot of miles on their legs. Yeah, kilometers. If you're not, if you're on the metric system, <laughs> <laughs> which we are not. In which America. we are not. Uh, which trademark symbol? It's called soccer. Hey, all I'm saying is that <laughs> soccer, the soccer field is measured in yards. That's. That's the only. That's the only <laughs> thing you need to say. Are you sure it's not measured in meters? In in, in eighteen in, yard in box. 
12, 12 yard penalty. That's fair. Six know. yard box. I don't know, man. I'm I'm pretty sure it's all yards. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> in your face. You got me. I wasn't saying in your face to you. I was just saying in your face to the people who are like, oh, it's football. <laughs> Always. <laughs> gotcha. Got him. Got him. Uh, I don't know. There's not really any other big transfers. Yeah, I mean, like that are close to being completed. Abdu Diallo to PSG is being rumored, which is big for me because I'm a Borussia Dortmund fan. Yeah, <laughs> but not not close. No, it's it's definitely rumored. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know if there was anything else that you wanted to talk about transfer transfer rumors wise. We can do story time. Well, actually, my story is a little related to transfer, not necessarily rumors, but tr- definitely transfer news. Mm-hmm. So we'll come back with a, with a story right after this. And we are back. Adam... Do I have a story for you, my friend? <laughs> you told me just a little smidge of it that makes me... It, it feels like it's not related at all to the story, but... Um, Most of the story is taking place in the the county that I was asking for pronunciation mm-hmm, for. Yep. Just because I wanted to be clear that I was pronouncing it right. Because and you wanted it, you wanted it to be a different pronunciation. Really, I kind of, I kind of did, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, this is the story of Ivan, Ivan. I don't know why I said Ivan. Ivan, Ivan Brodus. Ivan Brodus. Have you ever heard of Ivan Brodus before? No. Okay. Well, you're gonna learn I'm today. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna learn today. <laughs> Yes, you are, my friend. Um, so, Ivan Brodus, he was born in 1922 and a pilot in World War II, actually. See, I'm just going to stop you right there. You've made fun of me for, for all my stories being sent, like, tangentially related to wars so far, and yet you come in with a World War II pilot. I, honestly, it's kind of just really sad that so many stories in history revolve around wars. All right. I think it's a bigger, that's a bigger story. You didn't have, you didn't have to make it such a bummer, my dude. Come on. Yeah, I'm sorry, but <laughs> we can do better. We, yeah. I'm continuing though. So basically, Ivan Brodus, he became known as Ivor or Ivor, I-V-O-R. I-V-O-R, Ivor. Ivor. We'll go with Ivor. Yeah. He was, he's a talented soccer player. Uh, he got invited to play in some friendlies with Tottenham. Ooh, fancy. Tottenham Hotspurs. Is he where? Where was he born? He, I'm not. Sh- he was born in South England. That's all. Okay. That's all I know. So he's so he's English. He's English. Yeah, he's an Englishman. He just sounds like super Russian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he definitely does. Okay. But I've I watched some interviews with him. He is. He is. Very English. Very much Very, an Englishman. You want my... <laughs> you want my... <laughs> my bruv. Basically, the only reason why he became known as Ivor... Okay. 
is because his name was just spelled wrong during these friendlies. <laughs> they sp- <laughs> okay. Or it was spelled correctly, and they thought that it was spelled Ivor, but it was really Ivan. And so he, this dude lived his whole life being just, called Ivor. Just not correcting anybody? Yeah. He, like, didn't care. It, it kind of... And it was like everybody, everybody said... Oh, we've always just kind of called you Ivor, so we're gonna we're gonna keep on calling you it's, that. It's like getting know? it's like getting Starbucks cupped in like real life for all time. Yeah, yeah, seriously, that's unfortunate. It reminds me of Cesar Espolaquita and how all the <laughs> Chelsea fans call him Dave. Call him Dave. <laughs> <laughs> You're honestly, Dave now. That's honestly, the funniest thing about about like any player in the Premier League is that Chelsea fans call Cesar Dave. Cesar isn't even hard it's to say. It's not difficult at all. And, and they I mean, say Aspilicueta and they're why don't why don't they change his last name? Why do they I don't know. They just call him Dave. <laughs> Poor Cesar. Poor Ivan. Poor Ivor. <laughs> oh man. So he survived the war as a pilot. Great. I, I Otherwise, this story would be real short. Otherwise, it'd be <laughs> extremely short. And he was stationed in Cumbria, which is a county in England uh, where most uh-huh. of the story takes place. Yes. Cum- no comments. Cumbria. No comments on Cumbria. Not a single comment. So, soon after he was stationed in Cumbria, because mm-hmm. he was still kind of in military service. Yeah. Carlisle United found out that they had a talented young soccer player that was stationed nearby. And so it was soon after that that their manager reached out to him and tried to try to get him to come play. Right. Actually, it wasn't the manager. It was one of the owners of, of the club. Oh, direct to the source. Yeah, because they didn't just offer him to be a player. They offered to make him a player manager. Why? They were looking for a manager. <laughs> maybe the maybe the thought process was right. So uh, <laughs> we need a player, but we also need a manager, <laughs> and we know absolutely nothing about this guy except for the fact that his name is Ivor. <laughs> what if we made him both? I think, real smart. I think the train of thought was this was he was. In the military, he served in the war. This is a this is a guy who could could give out orders or take commands. Like yeah. I don't know. How I, old was he? He was twenty three years old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. He, he was the youngest ever player manager. Get, <laughs> obviously, get it how you live. It's Carl. probably not even close. I didn't. I didn't even look. <laughs> I just assume that that is the case. No, I know that he's the youngest. I didn't even check to see who is like the next the youngest. Because the only other player manager that I've I've witnessed in my lifetime and paid attention to was when Ryan Giggs was like the interim player manager when United sacked David Moyes. Um, Vince Vaughn Company. What what was he was for Man City? He's, he's now right now. He he went back to Belgium. Oh oh. For um, Anderlecht or Standard Liège. That's cool. Or I don't remember. It doesn't matter yeah. because both those guys were old as crap. 
Yes. Ivan was literally 23 years old when they were like, let's make this guy player manager. He accepted. He was up for the challenge. Yeah. It was a lot to take on. I mean, it's one thing playing soccer. It's a different thing managing a team. And then it's a completely different thing to play for a team that you're managing. Right. I, I just imagine that Carlisle United is full of like these like 30-year-old dudes that are smoking cigarettes on the field while they're playing. <laughs> and, he, and Ivor is on the field like, pinch in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't know. But there was a there was a growing growing curve required for yeah. him. Yes. He he's done a ton of interviews since since his uh his time as a player manager has has ended. And he told a story about how this one time he was trying to convince a player to come to Carlisle and he promised his player brand new kitchen appliances as like a <laughs> deal sweetener <laughs> back when back when nice the, Days were simple, and, and players were simple. They didn't need... Easier times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your wages will be uh, <laughs> 500 quid a month, uh, and uh, you will be playing right winger. And the person says, I don't really, I don't really know if that's, uh, that's, that's all I know. He's like, all right. <laughs> I'll throw in a KitchenAid stand mixer. <laughs> Nothing but the best. I doubt, I doubt that KitchenAid was even a thing back then. KitchenAid was totally... KitchenAid's been around for forever, okay. dude. Well, electricity hasn't been around for forever, so... <laughs> okay. That was stupid. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyways, he found out very quickly the the power hierarchy within the club. Yeah. Because after he signed the player, the player signed on... He's like, yes, I'm going to get all these new appliances. He found out the player was <laughs> unhappy. And Ivan's like, yo, what's, what's up? Why, why are you unhappy? He finds out that the club secretary is like, yo, this new player doesn't need all these new kitchen appliances. And so he takes all the new appliances for himself. The secretary did? The, the club secretary <laughs> did. And he just gave the new player all of his old appliances. <laughs> and there wasn't anything that Ivan could do about it, which is like kind of shocking. That a secretary had that much more power than yeah. <laughs> someone who is like your star player and also your manager. I actually kind of respect the grift there. That's that's kind of that, the stones are impressive. By the way, KitchenAid was started in 1919. Dang! So it probably was a KitchenAid mixer. Hey, he probably threw that in the pot. I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. Shouts to you, KitchenAid. Shouts to KitchenAid. Oh, man. But anyways, that was just like a side story. Um, Ivan Brodus, Brodus started building a name for himself. Okay. He's scoring tons of goals. He plays forward. Nice. Um, team's doing okay. And I mean, Carlisle United is... Before the war, they were in the third tier. Third tier. And then Whatever after the war... Called. They were still a part of the football league, okay. But they weren't in a third tier anymore at that point. They had just fall. Were they like falling to like some? They decided. They decided to just play locally when the war was going on. Okay. And so they dropped out of the third tier because I I guess like there were still games being played for the third tier. So, anyways, he's like becoming pretty high profile. Yeah. Prolific score. Absolutely. I'll come back with some stats later about what he was doing. Nice. 
we're kind of to the point where we get the weird the weird transfer story okay the uh, the weird transfer story yes this is like kind of why i wanted to tell the this centerpiece? story okay <laughs> because i mean the transfer it's transfer wh- windows going on right now um there's always like a ton of drama with it and this is a one of you one of a kind situation one of kind transfer that has n- never been seen before more than more than the kitchen appliances more than the kitchen appliances i can't wait this dude literally told reporters and everybody he was always the first name that he would put down on the team sheet talk about bet on yourself <laughs> he, he did you know let's go um this dude i mean hey he's been through a lot he's like right i'm the best player absolutely and i'm the manager i can do whatever i want and so he was doing stuff like that. Carlo United gets to a point where they hit a little financial struggle. strain. Absolutely. Struggle. It happens, you see it all the time, at every tier of the game, mm-hmm. in every league. There's always a financial crisis that seems to be just happening. And so the board and Carlo United, they were trying to figure out what they would be able to do to avoid financial collapse, basically. Right. And Ivan Broadus kind of had the idea, well, I am the most valuable player on the team. (laughs) I would be able to raise, like, the most for Carlisle if I were to be sold. And so he put himself out there. Yes, here we go. To transfer himself as a... Him as a manager... He put himself on the transfer block. Put himself on the transfer block right. as a player. Okay. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And so it's kind of like an interesting situation because, like, as a manager, you want to keep your best players, you know? Right. But as a player, you want to move beyond third-tier football, you know? You, Makes sense. You want to move up. <laughs> and so he eventually... He eventually gets a bid in from Sunderland, who at the time, Sunderland was... Yeah, was this like 70s, 80s kind of yeah. thing? Yeah, Sunderland, Sunderland in that time was really good. Yeah. They, they won, they won the, 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 top, the first league. First, I think it was just League One at the time. It was, um, it was actually 1949. It wasn't the 70s or 80s. Uh, but they were still really good. Okay. You know, and so... They were the first person to. They're the first team to put in the bid. Hey, a couple other teams showed interest, but Sunderland did it first. It was eighteen thousand pounds, which is a sizable chunk back in the day. It's slightly less than two hundred pounds, which is crazy for a player that's playing in third tier. Third tier in nineteen forty nine, or less than third tier. Yeah, absolutely. And so he he came back to Carlisle United. They put the bid in. He said. I like want to leave as a player. Like I, I. Oh God. He. It wasn't like. It wasn't like a selfish thing. Yeah. He's like I want to leave a good legacy as a manager and put right. Carlisle in a good financial situation. Okay. And so the board accepted the bid, and 
he essentially transferred himself transferred himself to Sunderland. to Sunderland. And that is the end of his three-year <laughs> reign of uh, of being a player-manager. Man. Which is crazy. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> that is that is very you're funny. You're 23 years old, and you're... I mean, he got transferred when he was 26. 26, yeah. You're, like, not even to your prime as an athlete yet. There, I mean, like... I wanted him to transfer himself as a player, but... M- Keep being the manager for well, Carlisle. That's kind of funny. Oh no! Because it's not exactly that. <laughs> okay. But when he moved to Sunderland, uh, which is like, I think eighty or ninety kilometers away from Carlisle, pretty decent distance. Pretty decent for England, distance. He which can, is the size of a big state. Yeah. <laughs> he he continued to train with Carlisle United. What? I'm not really sure how he how? managed to make that work. <laughs> Okay. But literally, he he trained with Carlisle, and then he would just play games with Sunderland. Just, like, drive up for games, take the train? Yeah, I guess. And he he played really well with Sunderland, and he continued to score a lot of goals. Um, He was getting paid $12 a week. I mean, life was was good. 12 pounds a week, sorry. 12 pounds a week, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me go down to the station and buy myself a... A Slim Jim. One of the one of the articles said it was a princely wage of a princely wage of twelve pounds a week. Let's go. Yeah. So. Oh man, inflation is wild. It is. <laughs> he scored twenty five goals in 79, 79 league appearances for Sunderland. Nice over a two year span. Not not bad. No. I mean, scoring a goal every third game. I mean. Yeah. Especially in a, a period of time where you were legally allowed to saw somebody's limbs off. Yeah, on the seriously, field. <laughs> seriously. It, I mean, it was a crazy time. It's hard out there for attacking players. Yeah, it really is. So he spent two years in Sunderland, two seasons, and then he moved to Manchester City. Okay. So that was 25 thou. Wow. So, I mean, he just keeps on... He keeps He's moving on up. Keeps on building and building. Ivor... The only thing about Man City was that it wasn't a great fit for him. It was the Gallagher brothers, wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it was. He spent a couple seasons there. He only managed to score 10 goals in 74 appearances. Ooh, unfortunate. Maybe it was because he was practicing with Manchester City. and he Maybe he, maybe he needed to keep going with Carlisle. Yeah, I don't know. So after a couple seasons, he got transferred to Newcastle. Okay. That just was, running through like a, a who's who of northern English football. Yeah, now. he literally just stayed in the north for basically his entire career. Um, He's Jon Snow. He is Jon <laughs> Snow. Oh, man. He won the 1955 FA Cup with with Newcastle. Nice. So that's his only piece. That's the only piece of silverware to his name. Um, but, I mean, that's nothing to sniff at. The FA Cup is... Especially... Especially back in the day. Yeah. I feel like the FA Cup has, like, lost its luster for a lot of, like, the big teams. Because th- now it's not seen as, like, as big of a deal to win the FA Cup as it is to win, like, the Premier League or even, like, the cha- or the Champions League. Like, I feel like a lot of emphasis is put on international competition over yeah. the FA Cup. Yeah. I, I guess so. Um, yeah, it definitely feels like it has lost a little bit of its... Uh, prestige yeah over the last couple decades i don't know arsenal will still celebrate it like a like a league win yeah like well, a premier league 
victory. Absolutely. What, what, what else do they? What else do they got? They don't have anything else. Fourth place. Fourth, fourth place. More like fifth place. More like fifth place. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, Brodus spent two more seasons at, at Newcastle. So, it's just like a lot of two-year stints. Um, yeah, he's a Tata Martino. <laughs> yeah, basically. He, the only reason why his stint at uh, Newcastle was cut short was because he had a bust-up with a trainer. <laughs> okay. A bust-up. A bust-up. You like how I had Threw that in there. Oh, it bust up. Oh, it bust up. They got into an argument, and basically Newcastle was like, we don't want you anymore. We care about the trainer more than you. We're sending you back to Carlisle. Oh, so let's, let's go. So at the at the advanced age of 33. Advanced. For a soccer player, uh, Ivan Brodus got to spend four seasons with Carlisle until the age of 37. Let's get it. But he didn't retire. Yes. At 37. Yes. Believe it or not, he continued. Go Ivor. This is like one of those stories where it's like, oh man, it's perfect. He goes back to Carlisle, finishes out his... Finishes his club career. Yeah, like it's done. Like cherry on top, you know? he, He rides off into the sunset. Yeah. Everything's Gucci. It turns out that our guy, Ivan... He went to Queen of the South, which is a Queen of the South. Queen of the South. Which, if you're familiar with the Scottish Premier League, okay, is a team. I don't. I don't know if it is. It's in the Scottish Football League. I don't know if it's in their first tier. I don't, I'm not sure what tier it's in. It is a Scottish club. It's a Scottish club. I don't know if it's. A, they play in the squ- the Scottish League. I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> If it is in Scotland. Okay. I don't know if they have that weird thing where, like, uh, you know how the Premier League some has... Welsh the Eng- teams. Yeah, they have Welsh teams. I don't know. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. But this dude, as a 37-year-old, played two more seasons scoring 20 goals in 63 appearances. Again, this is like his average, basically, yeah. for, for when he was just starting out at Carlisle. And for old man River that he is... Nothing bad. <laughs> nothing to sniff at. No, absolutely you know? not. And so he was playing so well for them. He actually got an, he got more contract offers, but he decided that it was time to retire. Finally. And so he retired from Queen of the South. Um, I mean, it was it was time for him to, how, how to hang up the cleats. Was he forty? Was he 30, thirty-nine? Thirty-nine. Okay. Thirty-nine or forty. So I mean, he, that dude was old. He played. He had a long career. Yeah. He had. 157 goals in 512 club appearances, which is... Darn good. Yeah, that's great. A slightly less than a goal every third game. Yeah. So he he actually had uh, 14 caps with England and scored eight goals, including a couple goals in a World Cup. Nice. The 1954 World Cup, to be exact. Ah. He became the first Englishman ever to score two goals in a single World Cup game. A brace. A brace, as, they say. as some would say. <laughs> so he became a soccer journalist for the next 45 years. Okay. And on April 12th, 2019. Oh, no. Which was... So recent. Just a few months ago. Ivan Brodus. Ivan Ivor Brodus. Ivor. Passed away at the age of 96. Dude. Who at the time was the oldest wow. living England international player, which... 
makes sense. I mean, 96 is, yeah, it's yeah, up there. You're, you're old. And so that is the story of Ivan Brodus and one of the weirdest transfers yeah. that has ever happened. You know what it almost reminds me of? What? It reminds me a little bit of Peter Crouch. He's big. He's red. His feet off the bed. He's Peter Crouch. No, because Peter Crouch spent like the first like ten years of his career not with any one club for more than like two or three years. He kept getting transferred around, but everybody kept picking him up, and and like he kept getting sold because like people were like, oh yeah, Peter Crouch is good. Yeah. And but nobody ever committed to him until he signed with Stoke when he was thirty years old. Yeah, he played for them for nine years and made over two hundred appearances. Starting at, at like the age of thirty, that's wild. Like, yeah, that, that's crazy. It that, is that's crazy. That's kind of what it reminds me of. But Peter Crouch never transferred himself. <laughs> you got that right. That is like the craziest. That is that is truly bonkers. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like it, it is like there is there a nobility like yeah. about it. Like, yeah, seriously. Oh, like, I want to stay at Carlisle so much that I'm going to train with Carlisle even when I go to Sunderland. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I'm helping them out. Yeah. It's a it's a heartwarming tale of capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a, that's the a story of Ivan, Ivan Brodus. Brodus. Yeah. Ivan Brodus. World War II pilot, slayer of Cumbria. Nazis? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm, That's where I thought you were going when you said World War II no, pilot. No, the Cumbrian player. He, Cumbrian he, knight. He won like the, the Knights of Cumbria. He won basically like the, the equivalent to a key of the city of Carlisle. I'm pretty sure. As he should. As he should have. So, yeah. Yeah. Shouts, nice. shouts to him. May we never forget of him. R.I.P. in peace. R.I.P. in peace. <laughs> but that's it. That's... Uh, that's the end of the episode. That's the end of, uh, That's the, end of the, the story. Episode. Yeah. Um, as always, uh, if you guys like what we're doing, follow us on social medias. Uh, we are at DeadballPod uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, feel free to uh, subscribe to send us a review uh, and a rating if you would be so kind. It helps a lot. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Even if she doesn't know what soccer is. Tell her anyway. Tell your enemies. Tell your enemies. We'll literally take anybody. We will accept people you like and people you don't like. Our but, arms are wide open. Like Creed. Like Creed. With arms wide open. All right, I think we need to end this. I'm not even singing the right song. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Adam. This is Drew. We're Deadball Brothers. And we're going to see you guys again in one week's time. Peace.